outside. And I'm feeling like stripes. They hitting on me and my homie. Cause our minds not in life. They mad cause we just got the passion. Never slacking or lagging. The funny thing is, step up to us. You know we bout that action. But look. Alright, welcome back to the Svant Podcast. Here at the Svant Podcast, we fulfill your pop culture needs every week, including artist interviews, sports talk, streaming talk, album song reviews, and video games. And today, uh, we'll be doing some sports talk, talking about the NBA uh, for the first time in the 2022-2023 NBA season. And we brought uh, none other than our basketball expert on the Svant Podcast, uh, VZ. Uh, back. Uh, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up? What's up? I'm cooling. You know, thanks for having me uh, back on here, guys. Yeah, no problem, man. And uh, yeah, it's the first time you're on since our New York trip. And uh, yeah, obviously, Issue and I, you know, talked about that on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, anything you want to share uh, looking back on the New York trip uh, end of June, start of July uh, this year? Man, New York was crazy, man. We, we, it was good. We did everything. It was cool. Definitely. It was crazy. Cause like, I was just talking to a homeboy about this and, um, he's like, yo, you, <laughs> um, it was actually my boy, Troy. So shout out to Troy. Um, we were, I was with the crew two weeks ago. He's like, yeah, I saw you with, uh, Stikes in New York and a couple other boys. I'm like, yeah, we did cool. We did this and that. But honestly, man, it was an experience. Like, you know, of course, being a little bit older than you guys, it was kind of like, it was cool. It, it was cool. Good to see finally meet Issue and random newspaper as well. So, yeah, awesome. Um, awesome time. I'm definitely looking forward to going back, um, explore a little bit more. I love the culture there. Um, so, yeah, no, it was definitely, as I was saying, um, talking about homeboys in different life, um, life universe, I would definitely move to New York. That's like... Hundo P right there. Yeah, maybe in this life you'll move who on. Knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Especially with the financial stuff. So, you know, they got a bet they got RBC there. You know, you just never know. It's all good. But uh yeah, issue. Um why don't you touch on uh your experience of uh obviously you touched on both me and VZ, like, you know, surprising you when we came, but uh yeah, anything you want to share on your experience uh with VZ when he came out there? Yeah, man, I just want to say it was definitely, definitely nice to meet VZ. Like, that's my fucking boy, man. Like, both of y'all coming down here was crazy for me because I like I I knew both of y'all had been planning to come to New York for some time. So I think for me, honestly, like the fact that y'all actually got down here and it was just like such perfect time. And I don't know if that was the universe or what, but perfect time in my graduation was like pretty much like coming up and I was like outside a lot during that summer and just like making music and having fun. and to have two people who I've like frequently uh, chopped it up with like about life and not, you know, not only the podcast or sports or music, but just like life in general. So the fact that y'all came down here was amazing within itself. And, you know, I already touched on VZ and how he 
came to like he basically came to NYC and was just like in like he was just like in the culture. Like he was just like going to classic hip hop murals, going to the gym, getting his body right, you know, just like showing us like how much New York has impacted him as a person and stuff like that. So that was like also interesting to see. And you know, we had the Yankee game and we went to Soho and it it was honestly just an amazing time. And like I can't wait for you know my my opportunity to come to to Canada, Vancouver, and and see how that is for me as an experience, like similar how you guys came down here with New York. But yeah, awesome man, and yeah, I know. Well, I'll, I'll be back soon uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, I assume I assume VZ will be uh, eventually. Yeah, one hundred. But uh, yeah, so let's get into our NBA talk on the Swamp Podcast. So yeah, it's about. We're in our third week, um, the NBA season here, just starting. And uh, yeah, as we speak, uh, the Lakers and Pelicans are in OT. But uh, I know, VZ, you were watching part of that game, but why don't you give us the perspective you have on watching the game and what are your thoughts on uh, the Lakers after such a bad start, but you know they've kind of been playing a lot better and they have been good defensively all year. We'll get to that too. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the game that's going on right now between the Pelicans and Lakers? So it's good news, Laker fans. Y'all won two in a row. So that's uh, some <laughs> some positive shit out there, you heard. But I was watching the game, man, and motherfuckers can't shoot. Damn. Like, if I were to build a house, man, I would be able to resell that shit in Vancouver at least a milli because I saw bricks from the three-point line this whole game. I ain't gonna lie to you, like, I'm looking at the stats right now. Um, you know what, Lonnie Walker, he led the team in scoring with 28. Um, he shot the lights out tonight, 5 for 9 from 3. Really efficient, too. I think he shot around 60% from the field as well. Uh, LeBron almost flirted up a triple-double, but my God, this motherfucker was 0 for 7 from 3, bro. Like, damn. Almost flirted for triple-double. AD went off like near the end of the fourth quarter. So far, season high, 16 rebounds. Pat Bev, I'm just breaking down the starting lineup. I don't know what the fuck this motherfucker doing. I always thought Pep, Pat Bev was overly, he was so overrated defensively. 0 for 3 from field goal, did not attempt a three-point shot. Waste of time. But you know, the man of, the, the man of this game, we got to get props to is Westbrook. You know what? Like, it's crazy. I'm watching the league. Like, that's when I realized I'm getting older. Like, the superstars are all, like, fading to their twilight years. And with Westbrook, I'm glad he's finally realizing, like, I need to accept a bench role. Like, if John Wall can accept a bench role for the Clippers, similar game, except I think John Wall is better um, as a floor general and defensive uh, guard. But seeing Westbrook, like, accepting his bench role and engaging defensively, like, I ain't gonna lie to you. Westbrook is probably the key for the perimeter. They're they're really good perimeter defense so far this season. Like I ain't gonna lie to you. Like he's been solid defensively, and since he got transitioned to the bench, the Lakers won two in a row. So that's a little bit of a breakdown there with regard to Lakers. And I'm anxious to see what moves they're gonna potentially make at the trade line. Are they gonna get Buddy Heal? Are they gonna get Miles Turner? Like Turner touched base on it during the interview and. I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to get fined for tampering. But, um, yeah, I'm anxious to see if maybe the Lakers are tr- uh, adding his value up. 
I don't know, but I'm excited to see. I shadow. I used to talk shit about Westbrook, but I'm shutting my mouth for now because he's been solid since he came off the bench. So, yeah, so my thoughts on the Laker game. Um, they won by three. So it was a tight one, but the Pelicans ain't nothing to play with, which I'll discuss later. Yes, uh, and it was nice to see with Westbrook, you know, obviously he's playing, you know, a little bit better coming off the bench in terms of efficiency. You know, we're not expecting him to shoot threes out here anytime soon. But, uh, yeah, like with the fans and, uh, you know, kind of cheering him and stuff like that. It was nice to see after, like, you know, it seemed for so long uh, the fans of his own team you know, didn't like him, uh, per se. And, and even in the beginning of the year, there was a lot of LeBron and AD were like, yo, what are you doing? You know, just in their, like, you know, expression on on the court. But, uh, yeah, let's get to the standings uh, so far, Eastern Conference and Western Conference. Uh, so we got actually, the in the Eastern Conference, we got the Bucks, who are 7-0, the only undefeated team uh, left. And then, you know, Cavs, who are another surprise team, issues team. But uh, obviously, you know, we'll have the Bucks, you know, over, you know, the Cavs. And, you know, who knows what the Celtics. There have been a lot of close games this year. Obviously, they had a coaching change, which we'll get to uh, as well. But, uh, yeah, issue. why don't we start with your Cavs, which are, I wouldn't say, like, the biggest surprise, per se, because there's definitely a lot of teams, like Utah, for example, who we thought were just going to be garbage for winning some games out here, and uh, same with you know Spurs, uh, we'll get to them as well. But uh, yeah, Ish, why don't you start with your Cavs on uh, their big performance this year with adding Mitchell, uh, and then you know Garland being back in this game, and you know coming out with a big game, then winning by one point in overtime. But yeah, yeah, touch on your Cavs so far this year, uh, six and one. Yeah, I'll definitely say not really a surprising year for me because I knew um, that coming into the season, even before they acquired Donovan Mitchell, that they would have a, a pretty solid season and they keep building on the um, energy from previous seasons. But with the addition of Donovan Mitchell, even though tonight, because I watched the game, he had a little bit of an off night shooting. He's still scoring 30, 32 points for the team. And like the the style of the Cavs team with the whole two big men in the, um, in the front court with uh, Mobley and Allen, I just think... Like that's like something like a lot of teams are starting to pick up on, and we've seen it. We see it with Timberwolves, for example. So that's working out for them well. The Cavs this season, they're first in net rating, second in defense, and fifth in offense. So just another amazing season for them. And I watched the game tonight, and I didn't know that Darius Garland had a, a, a eye injury, and he came back and he had a pretty decent game. I, I watched the game and. It looked like it didn't affect his, his uh, shooting ability or his playmaking ability. So it was just like a regular game for him. And, you know, his eyes going to heal up and he's going to be back to just, you know, place, you know, because he was probably, you know, sitting out for that reason. Yeah, just the, the, the look at his team is nice for me. And like with this Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, them getting him was like pretty good for me. So I've just been having fun watching Cavs basketball. Um, and seeing seeing this team come together. And I think that uh, this year we're going to do some big things. And, um, yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, they're playing well. And, you know, they got Jared Allen, you know, Mobley. And, you know, Mobley hasn't even been shooting really good per se. He didn't have that injury before the year, um, going back to last year. But, uh, you know, once he starts finding his shot and, you know, getting his having his clutch moments, uh, they'll definitely be a very, you know, 
formidable team in the Eastern Conference. I don't know if I'll pick them to go to the finals, you know, right now over the Bucks or like someone like the Celtics, but they could definitely, who knows, in a seven game series with injuries and stuff like that. You know, Bucks don't even have Middleton yet. Crazy. And, you know, once they get Middleton, uh, that should be a big, big change. Yeah, let's get to the Celtics, who are who are third in the Eastern Conference. And uh, we'll get to their coaching change uh, a bit later. But obviously this year, uh, going off of, you know, offense and defensive rating, uh, they're in the top 10 for offensive rating, uh, just outside fifth at number six. Uh, but they're in the bottom 10 for defensive rating. Uh, so, VZ, why don't you touch on the Celtics this year, uh, what you've seen from them. And obviously the coaching change is a big thing. You know, we'll get to the whole you know, the whole fiasco of that a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, just touch on the play of the Celtics uh, so far this year after being in the finals with the Warriors. Man, I, I was excited for this year. Like, I felt like for the finals collapse, or we just didn't have a great, solid backup pure, not pure point guard, but a motherfucker that can move the ball efficiently, you heard? So with the acquisitions of Gallinari and the fucking trade for Brogdon, uh, which to me is like the best free agent. Like I still think it's one of the most underrated uh, free agent, not free agent, but underrated offseason moves. It seems like when I was watching them play, I watched most of their games this season. They are, I see sometimes they struggle, particularly defensively, of course, without Williams, uh, which I'll get to that in a moment here. Of course, um, we'll get to the, uh, the other situation, the coach change. Um, but honestly, I got faith in um I don't even know his this motherfucker's name. Anybody know what his name is for the new coach? No idea. I really don't know his name. That's Google it. Wait, hold up. <laughs> oh man. Joe Mazzula, my bad. So I've always I watched Celtics games deep last season as well. And I had no doubts about Mazzula's um assistant coaching ability. Sure, he's young, he's 34. But I, I had a feeling like, you know, he'd be the perfect replacement. But so far this season, they're struggling defensively. Um, with Robert Williams returning, hopefully, before the new year, I think it's going to... I feel like we're going to see, like, a late resurgence. Because right now, they're sitting third. They ain't, they're not bad. And we're, like, third week in the season, like you said, Stikes. So, I have, I have... I'm optimistic. I'm not mad. I'm cool where we are. Like, you know what I mean? After that whole, all that shit happened, I'm kind of, like, expecting... I wasn't expecting too much this all, this season after that shit got released. So, I'm cool being third so far, but don't be surprised once Williams comes back, the, their defense is going to show up to at least the top 10 because that motherfucker actually make a difference. Like, it's crazy because um, now you actually got... Um, now you actually... Actually, it's crazy. Missoula is actually... He's the one that kind of coordinated the defensive scheme on the Celtics last season. It's not only Ime, it's actually Mazula that actually conducted that. So with Williams back in the lineup, uh, hopefully before the new year, I'm excited to see how they shine defensively because everybody in their starting five, if you put Williams in there, can defend. And I'm 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 happy right now based on Jalen Brown and Tatum's play because Tatum had one of the worst showings in finals history last fucking season. I'm admitting that because I was garbage. But with the addition of Brogdon, 
like they're having such they're shooting great. I think right now they're shooting great efficiency efficiently with us with uh, Brown and Tatum, but with Malcolm, it just I just feel like their shit has gone more easier. Whenever Malcolm's in, it's just like super like it's like watching poetry a little bit rusty poetry but brown i have a feeling brown's gonna jump back in all-star selection this season because he got snubbed last year he would have made it the celtics had a better record but I was, i'm expecting all-star selections for both brown and uh, tatum in this upcoming all-star game so i'm excited to see what they're gonna be like once williams returns and um once they build a little bit of that chemistry as well i can sense there's a little bit of tweaking um, Al Horford, um, he was huge for um, today's g- uh, game as well, double-double. So, yeah, that's about it. Honestly, I wasn't expecting too much since the scam, uh, scandal, I should say. But, yeah, it's all the way up from here for the Cs, I guess, at this point. But it's going to be a little bit of a challenge with the Bucks coming back too. So, uh, with Middleton not even healthy, like you said. But, yeah, it's all the way up from here. I'm excited to see what the rest of the season looks like for the Cs. All right, so then after the Celtics, we got in fourth place the Raptors, uh, Canada's team, uh, Toronto Raptors. Yeah, obviously five and threes, you know, nothing you know, to behold. But their defense looked good this year. They're top 10 defensive rating. I watched a bit of the Hawks game, and there's like a few sequences where like there's a lot of switches on, uh, you know, Trey Young. And yeah, with DeJounte too, like I did not think that, you know, they would play that well against that team. And because there was hella ball movement because of the, the aggressiveness from the defense and Scotty Barnes being, being able to guard like every position. And, you know, Siakam, you know, playing better even offensively, but also defensively on the floor. And uh, yeah, with OG as well, you know, OG's, you know, guarded LeBron in the playoffs, even though they did not go well. But, you know, he still has that experience, you know, obviously. And, uh, you know, since then. But, yeah. And then, obviously, Fred's been out for a bit. So we'll see what happens when he comes back. Uh, and then the role players, they've been, they've been, you know, playing well. So, you know, I don't think Raptors are going to make a big run. But I think they could definitely upset, you know, a team like uh, the Celtics, per se. Hundo P, I agree. Uh, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure about the Bucks. But as the Celtics right now, but with Robert Williams, it's definitely tough to say mm-hmm. because the Raptors, like, starting five. It's lethal. Not their starting five, but the, yeah, their starting five is lethal, like, defensively, but, like, they're Robert Williams, you know, just at the rim. I'm not super confident in uh, in them over, like, Tatum and, and Jalen Brown and then Brogdon as well. Because Brogdon, like, I don't like how they've been using him. Yeah, I agree. Also, I'm, like, his, you know, fantasy owner, but actually like in games like i don't know and maybe maybe this bad defensive rating that they have it can't be all on brogdon but no. and robert williamson also being out but brogdon is not the best defensive player so i can see why they're not playing him at certain times in these games yeah and yeah they're just like he's also getting used to the the celtics um system system exactly because it is switch heavy a lot i like that is a switch heavy yeah. defensive scheme because, yeah, even someone like who's in the rotation, um, Grant Williams, Oof. it took him a few years to get into that rotation. But, like, I watched him in, in college at Texas, and he was, like, he was sick. Uh, I think he was, like, Big 12 Player of the Year or something like that. But, like, he plays this with that motor. He plays with that same motor that he had in college. It's just, like, 
you know, like they were the Celtics were so deep for so many years. Mm-hmm. This is back when they had Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get you know those minutes in the playoffs, but now he's proven that. And then he started the year like hundred percent from the field for a few games. And yeah, so when he gets his opportunities, playing well. But uh, yeah, it's it's up to and Tatum today like that. Oh my gosh, that slam on Jared Allen with two points left. Uh, that was crazy. I'm I'm shocked that was not an N one. Like I I don't I don't really because he was like yelling for it. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a foul. And like he, like literally Tatum's body swung, and like the only person to do that was Allen. So I don't know. I've I've seen like if that was LeBron, I'm pretty sure that's gonna call. Oh, one hundred. Be honest, but it is tough when it is at the buzzer. Yep. At the same time, like you know, you don't know if you don't want to give that because it wasn't. I guess. Not the most obvious foul, but I mean they're touching. So I, I don't know because I've seen like that called on so many plays. But they should have re- they should have challenged a coach challenge on that. Yeah, one. exactly. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, and then after we just talked with the Hawks, the Hawks are there at five in in six right now in standing. It's just the Seventy Sixers at four and five. I don't understand that why the Bulls are five and four, and <laughs> I, I I I'm trying to figure that wrap my head around that, but that isn't. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Like, cause like the division thing doesn't matter, cause the Raptors are first in the division. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, the Bulls are in the different division. Like, they're both third. I, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Maybe there's an error on the score app right now. But yeah, like starting with the Seventy Sixers, I'm not, I'm not super worried in terms of like them, like you know, placing six in the uh, Eastern Conference, because you know Embiid. You know, hasn't you know played the last few games? You know, with his injury issues, but uh, and hopefully, yeah, he can get back to full health. But once he does, uh, I do think you know James is playing a little bit better, and uh, Maxi and Maxi is like like he won that Raptors game. He won that game against Maxie, the Raptors bro. for sure. James Harden did jack shit in that game. Yeah, uh, but Maxi, for whatever reason, the Raptors can't guard him. Uh, and, and this is not the first game he's went off. Like it wasn't it wasn't forty points, but he's gone off for like thirty against the Raptors in the past. So it'll be interesting with the Seventy Sixers. Uh, but uh, yeah, Taj, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, four, five, and six? The Raptors, Hawks, and then the Seventy Sixers with their uh, big stars Harden and Embiid. Well, I'll, I'll definitely start off with the Raptors. I'm liking what I'm seeing from this team with Scotty Barnes and. Um, he's looking like a very uh good defensive player out there for the team, and yeah, man, like I I still think I still think Evan Mobley is better than um Scotty Barnes, but Scotty Barnes is like, pretty good, like he's like yeah, like he's pretty good for the team and stuff like that. So uh, I just wanted to give him you know his flowers and stuff like that. Pascal Siakam is is looking like a, a better year for him, and uh, he's starting to like pick it up because I feel like over the last few seasons he hasn't been. Yeah, he hasn't been anything like spin moves. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't been anything really crazy, but like this season, I'm liking what I'm seeing um, from Pascal Siakam, Scotty Bonds as well. Uh, with Pascal averaging 26 points, 10 rebounds, and, and almost eight assists, like that's pretty crazy. And I, I really do feel like the Raptors are building something like different, like the way their team is like constructed, like with the players they have, like they got something cooking up going up, like cooking up over there, like that. I feel like it's going to surprise us in a, in a, in a few upcoming seasons. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. You said the Raptors. I'll touch on the um the Celtics. I'll, I'll do a little talk on the Celtics. 
I just watched the Cavs game. I, I like what I'm seeing from the Celtics. Tatum is just looking like unbeatable at times. It's like it's actually crazy for me. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown is looking pretty pretty good as well. Hope he can you know develop that playmaking ability, become a better uh, you know ball handler and Ugh, stuff like that. Yeah, and definitely pick it up this season. Um, I'm excited to to see um how the rest of the season goes for this team. Marcus Smart, a great perimeter defender for them, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the team is going to look like on the floor when Robert Williams come back and they run those plays um, through him when he's like sometimes at the top of the key and he's like, he's like over the offense and he's making plays for his teammates. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And 76ers, I'm kind of, I kind of expected them coming into the season to do a little bit better than they did like the first few games, but I don't think it's anything that'll hold them back to first and field goal percentage, fourth and three point percentage. Maxi looks amazing for them. Like I'm liking what I'm seeing from him and he's just like, a perfect addition to the team. I'm hoping Joel Embiid could like have some, you know, some more high scoring games and just be like the dominant player that he is. Cause I, I did have him as my MVP pick, but after the first few games, like I started to lean a little bit more towards Luca, but um, yeah, I'm hoping Joel Embiid could like start like doing some shit for us. James Harden. I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. Definitely a better fit well, with him on his team than, uh, than Brooklyn. Yeah, so yeah, first and field goal percentage, fifth and and uh turnovers for game, not ninth and still. So I'm thinking that they'll definitely pick it up for the rest of the season. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Maxie, and I just hope that the 76 kid uh keep it going because I'm it's we still got so much more to go in the rest of the season that I can't really give you a definite answer of what I think is gonna happen with them. I think as the season goes along, they'll definitely pick it up. Because one thing I'll say about this season is it's like the seedings is like weird. Like the teams you would expect to, to, to be like the worst teams are actually like performing and winning games. And I know we'll talk about that when we like really get to the Western Conference. But it's like a lot of these teams I would expect to be like tanking for, for Wimby or Scoot Henderson. But, you know, we'll talk about that in, in uh, uh, I don't know, a different section or a different uh episode regarding like the uh, upcoming plays but yeah that's pretty much my take on those teams uh, but i'm gonna pass it over to y'all man Dejounte went off tonight everybody criticizes shooting like from the from like the perimeter he's he went five for 11 from three tonight trey was struggling over the last couple games Dejounte picked it up and was crazy i'm looking at the stats right now trey and Dejounte are both in the top 10 for assists per game when was the last time you had two of your backcourts in the top 10 in assists. That's lethal. Like, I don't know, man. ATL looking scary. I- I'm excited. I'm The most upcoming team that I'm excited for is definitely ATL. Like, I'm a huge fan of DeJounte, of course, with his whole, how he got brought up and he came from nothing, like, to, this, to the all-star he is today. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how ATL does and uh, Collins as well. But yeah, I'm just I just I just need to touch base on the Hawks because I'm impressed with, with the backcourt combination of uh, Dejounte and Trey. One hundred percent, like it's fun watching them play. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with that. And uh, yeah, I think you know they they had such a good you know preseason, and then obviously in the summer they were doing like some summer league kind of pickup ball, and they're playing well. But uh, together with the chemistry and stuff like that. But yeah, it's still like really early in the season. I think there's definitely going to pick up. And then obviously Bogdanovich is still out. 
So, you know, that's, uh, and yeah, he's a streaky, you know, shooter, but yeah, sometimes he can you know, weigh that load off of uh, DeJounte and uh, Trey. But uh, yeah, going after the 76ers at six, you know, we got the Bulls at seven, Knicks at eight, and then the Hornets at nine. Uh, yeah, these teams, I don't think, yeah, they're not going to do anything really in the playoffs, being quite honest. Can't see them more than winning more than a few games. Even the Hornets, you know, yeah, they haven't had a ball yet. But, uh, yeah, they're not going to do any damage as of right now. And the Knicks, yeah, like, Brunson has done well, like, so far this season, I, w- I would say, like, you know, up to his, like, you know, contract standards. But, uh, yeah, Randall, uh, bad game today. Yeah, and they lost. Yeah, you know, they lost by 13 to Atlanta. And, I mean, yeah, on paper, like, Atlanta wins that game, and they're definitely the betting favorites. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not too sure, you know, with Thibodeau, if I feel like this, I feel like this roster has flatlined in terms of, like, not flatlined as in, you know, died, but they're they're at their, they've hit their peak already, I think. Uh, and who knows, maybe Brunson can, like, tap into another gear in terms of, like, juddering more offense and, like, getting the other players... Uh, involved and yeah, maybe Mitch Robinson can stay healthy. Uh, but issue because you're from New York, why don't you touch on the Knicks? Uh, as you know, the Cavs are your main team, but yeah, just touch on the Knicks because uh, yeah, quickly actually had 16 rebounds today, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, I just touch on uh, your New York Knicks. Yeah, well, you know, I support the Knicks. You know, coming from New York, they were always a team that I root for to to succeed, even though for like a shit ton of years like that just hasn't been the case but I was very I was very excited about the Jalen Brunson signing how they got him free agency and I got him on fantasy so I'm definitely rooting for him to do good but uh I don't think that this team is going to do anything uh, crazy in the playoffs either um but I do think that as far as the season they could possibly be an AC maybe they should try to push for that but I don't think they'll do anything crazy um I'm loving what I'm seeing from uh Jalen Brunson RJ Barrett is, is pretty solid. Um, Obi Toppin, I just want to point out Obi Toppin. He's just like on highlight reel, highlight reel. Like just like, I don't know. He's looking like a a prime Blake Griffin at times with like his dunking ability. And he's definitely stepped up as a player. So I'm excited to see that from him. I hope he could score more because he's only averaging like nine points a game. So nothing crazy. He's only playing 15 minutes. So maybe he could get some more minutes in a rotation, like the lead players in a rotation to really uh, Randall Brunson and, and Barrett, so those who are the players that they're really like relying on to to get them to get them more um points. But uh, yeah, I don't think they'll do anything crazy. But I think that they'll have a, a an okay season and definitely be better than seasons in the past. I want to point out a uh, Mitchie Robinson, averaging almost like three blocks a game. Like low key, he's low key one of my favorite. He's like one of those underrated players for me with his defense, his defensive ability and being able to get blocks and just like like prevent points in the basket at the basket. So yeah, that's cool. I'm hoping I could see more from Evan Fournier, maybe could get um, more buckets, but yeah, that's pretty much my take on the Knicks. Hopefully they do a little bit better than they previously have. Yeah. It's too bad. Mitchell Robinson can't stay healthy because he really is like a, um, you know, classic Nick in terms of like his defense and, you know, his enforcer. Dunker. Yeah, exactly. Enforcer and dunking ability. But uh, yeah, you just can't stay healthy. Uh, at all and uh yeah the rest of the eastern conference you know we got uh the heat at 12 and nets at 13 obviously we'll get to the nets now uh, we can talk a while about them 
But uh, yeah, the Heat, uh, just defensively with, uh, I think, Tyler Harrell, moving Tyler Harrell into the uh, starting lineup as I'm a Tyler Harrell fan and I actually have a Tyler Harrell jersey. So like, I'm like not, you know, talking smack on, you know, the, the jersey I bought, but, you know, and the player. But uh, he's not he's not a defensive uh, anchor on on any team in any era. Uh, as yeah, in the fourth quarter I've watched, like they literally teams will target him, uh, at the end of games, and uh, yeah, that hasn't been doing well. But tonight he did hit a buzzer beater three. He went good on rebounds too. Yeah. Sixteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he does. Uh, he does get the rebounds as yeah. He's kind of a tall, tallish guard, I guess you say. Because there are a lot, a lot of t- uh, smaller guards in the league, you know, out there. And, uh, you know, we'll get to the Western Conference. Like Josh Hart, for example, who was a guard, uh, is now, you know, a small forward on the Trailblazers. And we'll, we'll get to them because they're one of the big surprises in the Western Conference. But, uh, yeah, I just don't think, yeah, Tyler Hero is not, you know, a good defender. And I think that has affected them so far this season. But I think they will be able to figure it out at some point. You know, maybe take him out at a certain point in games. But, uh, yeah. And and Kyle Lowry is a little concerning. Like, I mean, I wasn't. I, he was practically on my undraftable list for uh, fantasy just because, like, man, I, I, there's some, some games he'll get, like, 12 fantasy points. You know, just, like, won't be there. And then, obviously, the injury concerns. Uh, but that, nonetheless, like, you got the Pacers, Wizards ahead of them at 10-11. Like I I do I do like the Wizards so far this year, uh, even though you know they're five hundred right now. But you know the way uh, you know Kuzma's been playing, Porzingis and Beal. I think Beal definitely needs to tap into a higher gear for them to really you know compete in the Eastern Conference at least. Uh, as I do think I rank them a little bit higher than like Bulls and like Knicks. If like if you know they're going on all cylinders, and then the bottom of the league you got the Pistons two and seven. Who like you, that? You look at that and you think like, oh, they're tanking. But no, they've been. I've been watching these games. They've been close, close games, high, high scoring totals, hitting the overs on a lot of these games. But yeah, I like the way Cade's been playing. You know, Jaden I Jaden Ivey's oh, his finishing ability at the rim has been stunning. Um, but yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on the Pistons so far this year? As I do, and Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, I think he had 30 points the other game. The guy, the guy who fought LeBron. Uh, but yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on the Pistons this year? I'll start with you, VZ. Honestly, I've been watching a little bit about their games. They they got potential, man. I see this like as a upcoming team, like in the next. It's kind of like I want to I want to say they're like the Easter Conference version of the Rockets in a way, which we'll get to that once we go over to Western Conference. But I see the potential, man. Like they just, they just got like let them grow. I'd say myself give them three more years, maybe even two. Obviously, Dwayne Casey might not even be the proper coach for them, right? That's what I'm thinking, right? I'm just surprised. I don't even know, like how long Dwayne Casey's been with them since 2018, 20, 2019, since Nick Nurse took over the Raps, right? And what's crazy is that they still got him. So I don't know if he's a player, I like a player's coach or something like that. But I have a feeling if they reevaluate, I have a feeling to this season is kind of gonna be like their evaluation season. Like, okay, they probably want to try to make it a play in seed next year, right? That's what I'm thinking. 
because the talent's there. And we're going to talk about Bornjanovic. Oh, my God, bro. He's the oldest dude on the team. He's 32, and he's buckets right now. And it's crazy because I would have thought the Pistons would have treated him like, like traded him right away, but he just signed a deal with them. And it's cool. And I really think, like, if the Pistons get, like, draft, if they key in this draft, let's say if they're going to plummet down the standings, which I really think they will this season, the next draft pick they'll get, I think this will be a determination. Okay, what are we going to do from here? Are we going to play in or are we going to try and make the playoffs, right? Again, we have to evaluate Dwayne Casey's situation, too, because this motherfucker been here for four years, three years, and hasn't led to shit. Maybe great player development. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see all those young bloods, not including Barnovich because he's 32, but everybody else grow. Because in the next few years, that team, without any trades, that team is going to be lethal. Like, that's like, I'm excited, man. They're they're pretty fun to watch, too. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on the Pistons. Yeah, definitely agree with what you guys are saying on the Pistons. I just wanted to point out Jaden Ivey, man. He's, like, very explosive and... I think if he can develop the ability to draw a lot of fouls at the rim, like this team is going to be crazy in a few years. It's going to be Kate is developing pretty decent. He's grown as a player. And like if they do tank, which I think that they will, like if they have a chance at like Wimbenyama or, or one of the twins in the upcoming draft or, or Scoot Henderson or, or just another player, well, they probably wouldn't take Scoot because they have Jaden, Ivy, and Kate. But definitely if they, if they have the possibility of getting Wimby, like that would be fucking, that would be crazy. And like, yeah, this team defensively is looking like it's looking pretty scary. They got Isaiah Stewart. They they have Jalen Duran, Diallo. Like, it's it's pretty it's gonna be pretty interesting to see where this team goes. I think um, you know, Sadiq Bay. So they got a lot of decent players. Killian Hayes is like, I don't know, he's trash, but that's pretty much my take on on the on the Detroit the Detroit Pistons. I'm sorry. I think that this team is gonna be very scary in a few years and they look good. Definitely. Yeah, and then after the Pistons at uh, 15 in the Eastern Conference is the Atlanta Magic, who are 1-7. And, seven. and uh, yeah, I guess you could say not as close games as, like, you know, the Pistons per se. But, uh, yeah, starting off with, like, the number one overall pick, Paulo uh, Banchero. Uh, I think he got his debut. First player since LeBron uh, to have, like, 25-5-5. and five. Uh, And I think he averaged more than 5-5. and five, But, um yeah, definitely special player. Uh, I did not see that coming, you know, and definitely a start. You know, he's in the last few games, he's been, you know, a little bit streaky. Uh, but, uh, you know, I like I like their nucleus too with Wendell Carter. He's definitely having a good year. Uh, you know, Franz Wagner, uh, Cole Anthony, and, you know, Suggs. Uh, I don't know if the, that tandem is the answer. And also with Fultz, who knows if he even comes back. You know, we'll we'll see what they do because I, uh, who knows, who knows with them, because uh, Ball Ball has been playing, you know, very well uh, for them lately off the bench, and uh, yeah, let's see. Thugs can he's he's healthy. He played the other day, but let's see if he can get back uh, to some of those like moments last year when you know he was looking like a starting point guard. Um, but yeah, I I do like even though they're one and seven. Uh, I've seen some positive things from the Magic, and they do have the, probably the rookie of the year. Like, he's probably already a lock as of right now. But, uh, yeah, so let's get to the Nets, though. <laughs> Nets, though, at 13, who are 2-6. and six. <laughs> And, 
yeah, last episode, me and Issue reviewed uh, Soul Sold Separately by Freddie Gibbs, and uh, Katie was a was a caller on that uh, on that on that album. Yes, and we were just talking about him and how you know the news lately for him have not been the greatest in terms of like the off season and him demanding a trade, and then him like issuing an ultimatum of like fire Steve Nash and the GM or I'm gone. And and then end up being, you know, it's you know, it's fine, I'll play this year. After like everyone was saying this guy is not coming back, like everyone was saying that. And he came back and, you know, they fired and I don't know, I was never seeing national answer. You know, I was never saying that, but you know, they fired him, you know, technically as a scapegoat, you know, per se, because the players are just not playing, you know, up to par defensively and offensively. You know, we'll get to Ben Simmons. And I was just, like, shocked to see Kevin Durant, though, say, like, he was so surprised they fired Steve Nash. Like, that that was just, like, such cap. He was like, he was like, I never expected this to happen. You know, when a coach leaves, and I think he was just like, we'll move on and, you know, get better. I'm just like, dude, that's just so cap. Like, I just don't understand that. And, uh, yeah, they just haven't been playing well. Kyrie is just, yeah, like, we won't even get into uh, some of the things he said and things he's supportive. We won't even touch on that at all. But he is not there mentally. Like, he did this IG Live with KD, and he was saying he was KD in another life and that he needs post-ups every game. And I don't know. It was just, it was like an interview. He was interviewing KD, but it was some of the worst content ever uh produced this is katie and katie literally with a phone at his face and then Kyrie just in his room like sitting and like doing some yoga poses but uh yeah that team oh that team's not 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 going i i I just don't see them winning a championship with this uh nucleus unless ben simmons just all of a sudden starts actually not even not even i don't even he doesn't even shoot threes or, like, shoot mid-range. If he just goes to finish at the rim. There's so many times I've seen this guy, he gets the ball, and literally he looks for the ball. He doesn't even look at the rim. He doesn't even look at the rim. I just don't... I don't know what happened. I guess he had these mental health issues, and I don't want to, you know, go on that. But um, the back stuff, like, I don't even know. Like, that's just, like... Yeah, he clearly has a major back problem. But I guess now he's fine. But maybe he can't, you know, finish the way he used to because of that. Who knows? Um, but yeah, VZ, what's your thoughts on, uh, the Brooklyn Nets after firing their coach and reportedly, potentially, I, I've heard maybe not, maybe they're hiring Ime Adoku. We'll get to that stuff later. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts so far on the, on the court stuff of the Nets and them, them firing the coach, Steve Nash? Man. Oh my God, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you guys. I think. This whole organization is a goddamn motherfucking mess up in that bitch. You heard? Like, this is the most messiest sports team I've witnessed in my life. Like, I thought the Canucks were, like, a goddamn, well, we are, a mess. But, bruh, we're looking at the Nets here. Like, off-court issues aside, this team is, it's literally like a high school team. You heard? Like... I've never seen any, like, a team that bad defensively that's supposed to be a, a contender. And it's like they're out there hooping, just straight up, like, wreck ball. Like, Kyrie, like, what, scored, like, four points last game. 
And then Katie's Katie. He's just there to hoop and talk shit and be that motherfucker that's ashy as fuck. You heard ball his life with that motherfucker. So the Nash situation, man, I remember, I remember I went out on Twitter. Like I was lashing on Twitter about the Nash hiring because these motherfuckers could have hired Ime Aduk, uh, Adoka and other coaches that they hired Nash. Like the fuck are you going to bring to the table? And I, a lot of my homeboys lost their shit on me. Like, okay, Stephen A. I'm like, I, uh, this is going to bite your asses in the future. And I retweeted that shit. I'm like, I told you, motherfuckers. But honestly, I really, really am concerned about this team. Like, I am a fan of, I, well, I used to be a fan of Ben Simmons way before this shit all happened over the last two years. But now I'm running out of excuses for the guy. Like you're saying, uh, Noah, it's like he airballed a layup. Number one, how the fuck is he 6'10", you airball a layup? Like, my God, bro. And it's like he's afraid of the rim. Like, I I really don't get it. Like, he's averaging more fouls than points. And he's supposed to be the all-around defender, which he was. He I loved Ben because of his defensive versatility. And he's actually, the him and Katie are the worst defensive players in the league. I was so shocked about all of that. And Kyrie, I'm not even going to get started with that guy. I'm just going to just leave it at that. But the only person I'm excited for is Nick Claxton. Like, there, I'm noticing, because I had him on my other fantasy, he's been doing good. Like, he's averaging near a double-double. And I felt like he's being utilized more now and it's great and he just needs to polish up his offensive game that's my issue that's my only thing but the Nash situation I I knew he was gonna get fired when he got ejected in that game we started throwing shit I automatically was like yeah like he's done and according to Woj the line (laughs) that pretty much ended his tenure as a Nets is when that is when uh, he went up to Sean Marks say, "Hey, I I lost them. They're not communicating with me anymore." So when your coach says that, like you're done, bro. Like part of me thinks Nash is finally like relieved because if you think about it, bro, I feel for Nash in a way because he came in with the most fucked up circumstances. Yet he, he came with the big three of Harden and Kyrie and KD. And then Kyrie with the whole vaccine situation, Katie being injured, Harden being whatever the fuck he is, forcing the trade out. It's just so much inconsistencies regarding that whole team culture. And I feel for him, but I'm kind of happy that he parted ways or got fired pretty much. Because as a fellow Canadian, even though it's from South Africa, it hurts to see a guy be a scapegoat, as you mentioned, Noah, and also going through that whole shit storm at the Nets organization. And I could correct you on that. They officially hired Ime Aduka, which I'll touch, we'll touch base later on that. But wow, I, it's entertaining. It's like a goddamn Kardashian show that's up in that motherfucker. You heard? So I'm going to leave it at that before I fucking go off tangent with some other shit. But the Nets are a fucking mess. I don't even know. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, Issue, what are your thoughts on uh, the Nets uh, so far this year being 13th in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, definitely a a disappointment coming into the season. I was expecting the Nets to do some big things. You know, KD said he was ready to come back and play. 
Kyrie said that he was, you know, focused on playing and being back with the team. Ben Simmons was talking about he's ready with his new start with the team. So the fact that they're like at 13, like this early in the season is showing that, I don't know, man, it's just like, it's not a focus in there. So I'm hoping that with the new coach acquisition that they got, I don't really want to, you know, talk about it too much. Like we'll, you know, touch that topic, but I feel like hopefully he could provide some, some leadership to this team and, and, and steer them right back in the right direction because like it's been a shit show so far for Brooklyn. It's just been a shit show. Kyrie is in his own world. KD is being KD. Um, you know, Ben Simmons is is just like not looking as good as he's supposed to. And I'm hoping he could pick it back up because they need him to be defensive player of the year type type of level. Or or if not that, like all defensive first team. Like that's what they need from him and you know, and his playmaking ability and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's just I'm just surprised that they're, you know, at 13th this early on in the season. I think they I think they signed uh Josh Primo. I'm not sure. Like that's that's a whole situation as well. So like there's just a few points that I wanted to um point out. But I hope I think with the I think uh with the new coach he'll uh definitely maybe provide new leadership and hopefully they could wake up defensively and start to put in more effort on that side of the ball. But I'll pass it back on off to you, Stakes. Yeah, and then so on to the Western Conference. Uh, so we have the Suns at first, six and one, uh, definitely playing, you know, better. Even though their one losses to uh, Dallas, uh, every other game, you know, they've been, you know, coming out here and playing well. They're top ten, basically top five offensive and defensive team uh, so far this year. And yeah, Cameron uh, Johnson had a big game uh, last game, leading them with twenty eight points. Uh, but yeah, we got them number one. Uh, not really a big surprise there, I would say. But uh, Portland at number two, five and two, definitely a big surprise. Uh, they are also top ten, uh, near tenth in uh, offensive rating and defensive rating. Yeah, love that uh, for Chauncey Billups, especially um, just with the whole you know player coach, you know Steve Nash just losing his job. Because I think yeah, he, he had definitely one or two more years left if they didn't improve and yeah they're great defensive team offensive team i really like their rotation obviously you know nurkic is not the most ideal you know for your starting five but yeah josh hart at you know small four position averaging nine rebounds like that's pretty pretty insane uh at his size and yeah simmons or simons you know playing well uh, with Dame and yeah, Dame kind of returned to form after you know people kind of doubting him, you know, following his injury and then you know a little bit of poor play. Uh, but uh, yeah, big surprise there. And then number three, big surprise with Utah Jazz. Uh, I think everyone would have thought, uh, because they even said like they're rebuilding and whatnot. But it just shows like what a good um executive Danny Ainge you know still is. Even though you could say like yeah, he didn't get the right guys. For that Celtics team, um, but you know, last year they you know just went you know to the finals, and he put that team together. Yeah, like you know, it's just the Mike Conley. Obviously, Sexton hasn't you know played well at all, uh, but yeah, Laurie Markkinen has been playing very well for them, and uh, yeah, they've been a good defensive team. And you know, without Rudy Gobert, that's you know pretty surprising. As yeah, the Timberwolves right now are uh, ninth at four and four, and we'll get to them in the bit. Um, but yeah, under them as well as the Spurs, who's another big surprise at five and three. And uh, yeah, I really like this nucleus that Pop has 
And uh, yeah, I think it's Sochan. He's got his hair dyed. He kind of looks kind of looks a little bit like Rodman. He wears, I think, he wears ten as well. Yeah, he's been playing well and he's been guarding all five positions. And I think I I read he's the first rookie starter on the Spurs since Tim Duncan. But uh, and then yeah, obviously Kelvin Johnson's playing well. If they moved Murray, uh, he's getting a lot of touches. Vassell was playing well, their first round pick. Uh, Florida State from a few years ago, he's playing very well. And uh, yeah, Jacob uh, or Jacob Poidel, he's playing very good. And he's like um, supposedly going to be some trade bait potentially uh, if they don't sign him or get him to to accept the extension. Uh, but yeah, let's start with those. Obviously, after the Suns, uh, the Trailblazer, Trailblazers, Jazz, and the Spurs. Uh, let's start with you, VZ. Yeah, what are your thoughts on those big surprises in the Western Conference? Man, shout to Chauncey, though. I remember in our uh, draft group chat, I was like, who would you guys rather, Nash or Billups? And some of y'all motherfuckers said they're both trash. I'm like, all right, all right, we'll see how this goes. And then... BZ was right. You heard? He, Chauncey won the war. Um, but no, he, I'm, I kind of figured that last season was a write-off for um, uh, Dame. Because I can tell you right now, as a fitness dude, I never had this injury. Like, knock on wood. But an ab injury is like, it can be serious. Because when you work out and when you do physical activity, you engage your core most of the time. And once you have surgically repaired, it's a shit show to recover from. So I'm glad Dame took last season off and they got a draft pick. And now he's just out there, like, doing his thing. Touching base of Josh Hart. I have him on my fantasy. And he's been dope, man. Like, I've always admired his um, his work on the boards for a fucking guard. Like, if he keeps going down like this, he could potentially be one of the greatest rebounding guards. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm gonna say that. Because I don't recall a guard averaging nine rebounds a game. Maybe Jason Kidd back in the day, but I haven't seen anybody like that in regular season. But yeah, great. He is like their defensive guy too. So shout to Josh Hart, Nurkic, whatever. Basic ass center at the end of the day. The most impactful player, Winslow. I'm glad Winslow is finding his niche with the Blazers. I thought they were going to treat him like Bledsoe, just wave him. But he's their Swiss Army knife, man. Like, he can be the, I'm not calling it Iguodala, but, like, a Swiss Army knife that can do a little bit of playmaking, off the bench, defend, rebound, you know, just do the little small things that don't impact the scoreboard. And I'm glad, like, the Blazers are going to, like, I can guarantee you the uh, Blazers are going to be in the playoffs this season. That's 100%. And then who was uh, the Jazz so what's crazy is that I thought these motherfuckers are going to tank. Like, they're going to, like, find a way to stretch and waive Colony's contract. Trey Clarkson, like, fucking full-on rebuild. But knowing Danny Ainge as a former, uh, he, since he's a former Celtics GM, as you mentioned, Noah, and me being a C's fan, I knew there was going to be something up his sleeve. Like, Laurie Markkinen is, like, if he keeps it up, like, if the Jazz are, like, a top eighth seed, or seven, I could see him in an all-star game. I'm going to lie to you. He's putting up buckets. You know, Sexton, I'm excited to see him just, like, coming back um, this year. He actually had a solid game. I think he dropped, like, 29 points to yesterday or today. I forget. But he's, he's getting his groove back, and I can eventually see him um, going to the lineup as soon as they get rid of Clarkson and um, potentially Conley. 
But yeah, no, I'm excited to see um, Sexton thrive in that new team environment. I'm actually excited to see where Laurie takes his uh, um, his growth as a player because crazy enough, like with the Cavs last season, he was solid for them. And I'm glad he's just taken on the focal offensive role with them. And yeah, I have a feeling um, this won't last long though, knowing Ainge. Um, it's going to be a fire season, I think, starting next month for Clarkson and Conley. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on those two, te- those two teams so far. And then what about you, Issue? Yeah, and then also with Utah, so you being a Sexton fan uh, before, and obviously he hasn't get, gone and going yet, but I think uh, I think they're definitely using him the wrong way with him coming off the bench as like a Jordan Clarkson type when you have Jordan Clarkson on that team. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, hopefully he can get to form because like a few years ago he was averaging you know twenty three a game. But uh, yeah, issue. What are your thoughts on those surprises? Portland, uh, the Spurs, and then also uh, the Trailblazers or not Trailblazers, the uh, Jazz. Yeah, I'll start off with the Spurs. It's like a surprising season to to see that them do that they're you know doing so well. Keldon Johnson looking like a amazing addition to the team. Devin Fassell as well, like. Savaging 19, 19, almost like 20 points. Calvin Johnson with almost like 24 points. Jakob Potel, I hope I said that right. Looking amazing for them as well. And I'm like, and I also like what I'm seeing from Trey Jones. Trey Jones is looking pretty decent. And I like what, uh, you know, I, I like what I see from him with this team. And um, it's crazy. Like ever since they got rid of DeJounte Murray, these younger players are definitely flourishing with them. And I, I like what uh, Greg Popovich is building over there in San Antonio. And it's looking pretty great. And it's going to be crazy to see like what draft picks they get and how they build this team because it looks pretty interesting. Portland is a surprise for me. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think Portland would be doing so well. And I just kind of feel like Dame was just like riding away in Portland when he should have like left the team and went somewhere else. But Anthony Simon stepped up and I think he is, he's a, oh, I think he's looking pretty good next to Dame. And I remember when they got rid of CJ McCollum, it was like, like I was almost scratching my head with this confusing, but like, from the interviews I've seen, it say uh, from the, what it looks like, Dame has really, you know, been a a great mentor to Anthony Simons and told him that it's his, you know, it's his shot and his it's his time to be that be that guy to to like work with Dame. And I don't look at them as like a a Batman and Robin. They're like a almost like a like a Batman and a Superman, you know, together um on the team. And they're looking pretty great. Justice Winslow, I'm glad that he's like, you know, reviving his career and finding his role and his purpose in the league as well. So, you know, that's pretty much on the Portland Trailblazers. And for Utah, me being a Sexton fan, you know, I still got his Cavs jersey. And I kind of figured that eventually the Cavs would get rid of him because Garland was like the perfect fit for them and, and Sexton wouldn't really work in the offense. But I still support, uh, I still rock with Sexton heavy. And I'm excited to see what he can do once he actually gets the shot to really be that number one guy. And I think that they should, they, it should be his turn. I think he can lead the offense and be that number one guy on the team. Lowry Markin and looking amazing, man. And he's he's looking crazy this season. Like he's been getting some some really high scoring games. He's been getting buckets. So the roster is looking looking pretty interesting with uh Sexton and Markin. You know, I hope that you know the players like Rudy Gay and Kelly Olynyk, you know, get them clutch buckets when they need it. Maybe Malik Beasley starts to pop uh, starts to pop off and. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, where, where this team goes. I don't think there'll be anything crazy this season. I'm, I, heck, I'm not even saying they, they'll make playoffs come the end of the season. But I think we should just, like, really take a good look at what we're seeing with this team and seeing, like, 
in the next coming year is how much of a threat they could be because it's looking pretty interesting already. And I'm I'm just surprised that they're like really they're really playing. Like normally, you know, you got Wimbing Yama, you got you got Scoot Henderson, you got all these interesting players in the upcoming draft. It's interesting to just to just see the Utah Jazz really compete for games and like they're like a team that's like ready to make playoffs. But yeah, I don't think there'll be anything crazy, but I definitely think we need to pay attention because Utah is definitely cooking up something special. And I think when Dexton is given, when they put the ball in his hands and let him know that he's the number one guy, it's his chance to lead this team. Him and Larry marketing could could be an interesting duo in the league um, for the future. Yeah, definitely. And uh, But after that, so after four with the Spurs, and uh, yeah, I definitely think the Spurs out of, you know, the Jazz and the Trailblazers, I do think they're the ones to drop just because they're like the least proven roster. And that's not to say that they're not good players, but they're just, yeah, least proven so far. Uh, but under that, we got the Pelicans at five, Nuggets at six. Uh, the Thunder, who actually are doing your big surprise, they got that strong nucleus. Uh, you know, Chet Holgram, he's out for the year. And then, you know, they add him. You know, that's a, that's a dangerous team in a few years if they keep Shea. But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, the Nuggets, Murray hasn't been playing well. You know, I think he'll back, get back to it, you know, for sure, having those big games uh, that he's so accustomed to. And then, like, in the playoffs, especially in that Jazz series, He's a big time, big time player in the playoffs when healthy. Uh, just hopefully he can get back to that. And uh, yeah, Jokic hasn't played you know, greatest offensively here and there. I do like what Porter's been doing. Uh, you know, had that one game where he missed with the back. You know, just I think for recovery. But yeah, he's he's a, he's a nice piece for them. And then yeah, the Grizzlies had eight. Uh, so yeah, if this is a traditional for, uh, playoff format. Uh yeah, the Grizzlies at eight right now, going up against the Suns. That'd be a pretty, pretty crazy series. Uh, but obviously they have the stupid playing thing. That's just you know obviously with the West it's a little bit more competitive because you have right now the Mavs at ten, Timberwolves at nine, Grizzlies eight. OKC is not beating anyone. But yeah, if it ended right now, you know it's pretty competitive. But this playing thing is just dumb. Uh, as we'll get to, you know the kind of bottom teams. But, uh, yeah, uh, VZ, I know you wanted to talk about the Pelicans. Uh, obviously, they've been, I, I wouldn't say improved, because when Zion was playing, when he was healthy back then without McCollum, you know, they were, they were you know, just over 500, you know, and that's what they are right now. Obviously, Ing- he's been out, and then Ingram's had the concussion. Uh, but, yeah, what are your thoughts on the Pelicans? Because I do think that, yeah, this guy Murphy, and then, you know, Herb Jones. Herb Jones can't, he can't shoot um, at all. But at least Dre Murphy's kind of getting some points here and there. Uh, but, yeah, what are your thoughts on, obviously, that, that nucleus they have with, like, you know, Zion, McCollum, Ingram, and then even JV can, you know, uh, overpower some of these small centers in this league. Uh, but, what, yeah, what is your overall thoughts on them so far? Man, the the Pelicans are scary. I ain't gonna lie to you. They're they are a scary team when fully healthy. Of course, like you said, they're missing um Brandon Ingram of concussion protocol. Um, but like you're saying, last time Zion was healthy, they were over fifty team. Like, but I'm a fan of Ingram just because he's he's a fun player to watch. McCollum, as much as I shitted on him a lot in uh in Portland for, you know, being an undersized two guard. I think he finally find his niche. I'm loving what he brings to um, the Pelicans, though, man. Like, 
it, like, the combination of his, he's finally, like, he's always been a solid playmaker, but, like, he's finally the man, like, not the man, because who the fuck do you, like, and that team, like, there's three, it could be three main guys. You could be, McCollum could be the main guy, Zion or Ingram, right? Or even some nights, Jonas. So, I like how CJ is just showing off, even though he's getting up there in age, he's 31, I think, now. And he's having like a, um, it's he has his he has his time to shine now. Is what I'm trying to say. So I was really happy with the addition there. Healthy Zion is a league changing fucking thing. Like motherfuckers don't even like motherfuckers forget like how dominant Zion was. He lost. He shedded all that weight. And when I've seen him play, let's not count this game because he had a bad game against the Lakers. He he yeah he's a game changer. And then Jonas. Oh, man, like, I used to shit on Jonas a lot of the Raptors, but, wow, he has, he has improved his game a lot. Like, he can shoot from the three, he can rebound, he can score from the inside, he's improved defensively as well. Definitely, I, I would say he's one of the most underrated players in the league, 100%. Like, if he, ha- if he was the man on his own team, he would be an all-star, but I'm glad he's really humbled and those were... To fit in perfectly because he did well with that with the Grizzlies. Herb Jones, this motherfucker gotta learn how to shoot, man, because he has potential to be a, a like all defensive team member. Like this guy can play defense. I can see him if he plays his role right. He, I could see him as a Bruce Bowen type of person. Like Bruce Bowen struggled how to shoot in his earlier career, and then um, as he got older, he owned up to the corner three. So if he can, like, do that, he's good. Like, with that lineup healthy, they got a most complete starting five. Like, nobody's exceptional at one thing. Everybody is great at what they bring to the table. McCallum with his shooting, his playmaking. Herb Jones with his defensive ability. Uh, Ingram with his inside and out scoring game. His improved facility, uh, facilitating and rebounding as well. Zion just is paint game is just unreal and then jonas like i said inside and out game rebounding as well i'm kind of trying to figure out like what are they going to do about their bench though that's my only concern like if they do some key trades um in the next couple months for to improve their bench that will elevate them a little because you can't have Devontae graham as your main guard off the bench you heard like it's yeah but i got them i'm watching them a lot this season too and they're a fun team to watch. I mean, I know I'm saying they're a fun team to watch, like for a lot of teams, but you just never know what you're going to expect. And a team like that, you just never know who's going to go off for 30 or even 40 points because any of those three guys can go off at any given moment. Yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, as long as those guys, you know, could stay healthy, uh, those main guys, especially Zion, uh, because I do think Zion's a future MVP. Facts. Like I think I definitely think Zion at full health. Like obviously it'll be him and Luca going out for the MVP in in the future, but I I still think full health Zion. You know he's just like most dominant force in Shaq. So yep, I do think that will factor. Uh, but I love you know even though the you know Mavs are four and three, you know I like how they've been playing in some of these games, especially the game against. Uh, the Suns, uh, you know, but Christian Wood and Luca, their pick and roll game. Like, I truly think that 
Uh, I have I have Mavs in the final four, uh, but yeah, I could see that. I don't think they. I don't think yeah. Right now, like I do think the Warriors they're gonna recover. I don't think they can beat the Warriors right now, but I just think with this lineup and yeah, Jason Kidd's an underrated coach. Definitely. Yep. You know, definitely underrated coach out there, and it's good that you know it's kind of clicking. Yeah, they're tenth right now, last in the in the plan, but you know, there's no need to worry about that. Still early at all, at all. But uh, yeah, and then the Timberwolves four and four. Uh, obviously, you know Edwards in the first few games talked about how it was awkward playing this, you know, with the two bigs, and he has to you know get used to it. And they kind of clipped him and said like he just said it was awkward, not that you know he's going to get used to it. And that they will improve as a team. They kind of just cut that out. To make him seem like, you know, he's kind of bratty from, I guess, the past things he said. I think uh, last game, Gobert, he got, like, you know, all his points were, like, free throws. <laughs> he only attempted, like, one shot. I do think that that is the recipe and not playing at certain points in the game. But, yeah, because their defense is, is very strong this year. You know, obviously with the addition of Gobert, because he is he was a great, you know, asset at the rim. Just some of the things he, he will do in the post and some of the Utah days were just, like, atrocious. <laughs> you know, trying trying to back down, you know, mediocre centers. Not, no, we're not talking defensive. You know, there's definitely videos of him trying to back down, like, backups, and you just can't. But, uh, yeah, I, I just don't think that, I mean, that's not, they're not gonna, they're trying to win a championship. Every team is trying to win a championship, and I just don't think that is a championship team at all. But, uh, yeah, Ishii, what are your thoughts on the Timberwolves and then also the Grizzlies? Because even though Jaron Jackson isn't playing, uh, the way, you know, Desmond Bain has broken out and playing is, is incredible. I'm kind of wondering, you know, where they're at. You know, the reliance on Jaw, you know, to kind of go off. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on the Grizzlies and then also uh, the Timberwolves? Yeah, I'll start off with the Grizzlies. I'll definitely say Jaw. Jaw's that guy. Um, I can't wait to see... Uh what Jaron Jackson does when he gets back. But Desmond Bain, I really want to point out Desmond Bain, man. He's just, like, stepped up crazy. He's, like, the perfect number two next to Ja. They play off each other very well. Uh, Desmond Bain getting around 24 points a game, shooting 45% from the field and around 85 from three. So I think he's uh, the perfect number two next to Ja. Ja averaging almost 34 points a game. Like, that's, like, those those are MVP numbers, like, uh, he could he could be in the MVP conversation this year, so that's definitely something to look out for. Tyus Jones, another great addition to this team. I'm hoping uh, Brandon Clark could do some more because I have him on my fantasy, so I'm definitely rooting for him to do well. Stephen Adams, a great defensive uh, presence for them, and I think once Jaron Jackson come back and and they get the flow of things going, I think this team is going to do some some great stuff in the playoffs. Jaws like amazing. I just I like I love seeing him do well, just not when it's against my Cavs. But um, yeah, that's pretty much uh, me for the Grizzlies and for the Timberwolves. I think I think they definitely proved me wrong in the sense that I thought that Rudy Gobert and uh, and uh, Carl Anthony Towns next to each other wouldn't really work and, and stuff like that. It hasn't been perfect, and I know it's an adjustment for uh, Anthony Edwards to kind of you know get the flow going and and you know he you know he, he's still getting used to it, but um. Like, it's actually worked a little bit better than I expected with that two-man game, you know, similar to, like, the Cleveland Cavaliers with running two centers at the power four in the center spot. 
Timberwolves four and four right now. I think that they'll do. I think that they can do better than most of these teams. I think they'll definitely do better than OKC. They have the potential to do better than Utah this year. I don't think that they'll do better than the Nuggets or or any of the top teams in the West. But I think that the the Minnesota Timberwolves are definitely one of the more slept on teams in the West. I feel like there's other teams. I mean, I feel like that the Minnesota Timberwolves are the more like the most likely out of all those teams, you know, toward the bottom of the list to really surprise us and, and do some interesting things come playoff time. Definitely, definitely. But uh, yeah, let's kind of get to the bottom half or the bottom six teams. Because uh, we are at our bottom five, I should say, because we kind of already uh, touched on the Mavs a little bit. But the bottom six teams in the Western Conference are from the states of California and Texas, which is uh, it's kind of funny. I don't know, it's made me chuckle. But yeah, we don't have to talk about the Mavs because they're obviously looking good. But the Clippers at four and four. They are at four and four now. You know, they won two in a row. Yeah, like, here, here's the thing. Like, obviously, I was a Kawhi fan, you know, with him bringing the championship to Toronto. That was an amazing year, amazing run, watching all those games. Like, never, never will forget that. But being a Clippers fan, I just can't imagine. Like, is the guy doesn't play, you know. Well, first, he doesn't play. He wasn't going to play in back-to-backs or, you know, certain games. So he's already automatically, like, you know, missed, like, 15 games. Or something like that. And then now, you know, he has the injury issue, flew back home. And uh, they have such a deep lineup, and I just can't help but think that, yeah, Ty Lue, he's good at making adjustments, but as a point right now this season, yeah, they won two in a row. Maybe they figured it out. Who knows? But offensively, uh, and even sometimes, even sometimes defensively, I should say, like, cause they are still, like, a formidable defensive team in the Western Conference. There's a lot of, like, you know, far inferior uh, but there's been some times where it has cost them in some of these games so far. And just the fact that Kawhi is, you know, not here. Uh, and you just expect him to go full throttle in the playoffs. You know, I, I just don't really, you know, see that. Uh, but yeah, VZ, let's go to you. What are your thoughts on uh, the Clippers so far? Yeah, with the Clippers, I'm actually kind of confused, I should say, because like, when Kawhi came back, he looked good, you know. He got in sweet spots and everything. And then a couple of things came out uh, last couple of days regarding him with his knees. His knees, like, hurting again. But then he's saying he's frustrated. Like, it's fucking, like, it, it reminds me of this, his final season with the Spurs. Like, it's that type of shit again. See, I'm a Celtics fan, but I do love the Clippers. But not, like, I'm not, like, oh, like, a hardcore Clipper guy. I just like the coach and what they got uh, as a team. But with me, with Kawhi, it's kind of like he's he's got it set, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's got Balmer straight chilling. Like, I'm pretty sure him and Balmer sh- like shook on something like, yo, I'll come back here if you let me do this and that. And honestly, it's like we said, like I said earlier podcast, it's a bit too early, um, but I'm quite concerned about the Clippers with the fucking load of talent. Like, I told you guys this all offseason. Like, they have the deepest roster in the league. They they do. The whole bench could be a fucking starting five. Like, not going to lie. They're facing, oh, what was it? I think it was, what year did the Raptors had this issue? They're, they're having a little bit of a Raptors situation. They're just so overloaded with talent. And Ty Lue can't fucking figure out, like, what the lineup should be like. Because he was shuffling between Terrence Mann at the in the lineup, Luke Kennard, 
uh, throwing no one. Powell has been horrible so far. He's starting to pick it up a little bit, but he's just so inconsistent for the last since he started um, since the start of the season. And then, um, of course, you got PG who struggled the last um, before he dropped. I think uh, thirty eight two days ago in the game winning shot, and then um, twenty eight today. Like the last like game was like last week. You know, sh- ten points, fourteen points, shitty shooting. I'm not concerned about PG because I know for a fact he can be inconsistent. But my main concern is the rotation, man. Like, I believe that as a former player, not NBA, of course, but like, you got to get your, you got to let your players get in the rhyme. You heard? Like, if you just pull a player out like 20 minutes in and you're not going to get their rhyme, you know what I mean? So that team is so overloaded with talent. And I think Ty Lu, knowing a tactician he is, he'll figure it out. Like you said, Noah, they won two games in a row. You know, it takes it like look at the Celtics last season. Everybody's like, "What the fuck?" Like they they ain't gonna be shit. And then boom, the late like late surgeon, they fucking end up becoming in the finals. I'm not saying the Clippers are gonna make the finals. I say they had the potential, but all, all lies on Kawhi's palm of his hands. Literally, is he gonna fucking play? What's his what's on his mind? But yeah, I'm not really worried about the standings right now in any conferences because again, we're coming up third week in the season. You just never know what the fuck is gonna happen. Injuries, trades next seat next month, next two months. But um, one final thing about the Clippers I want to touch base on is John Wall. Like everybody knows, I'm a huge fucking John Wall fan. Like since college, like. Like, even when we go out with my crew, we always play the Do the John Wall song. Shout out to my homie Antonio, who's getting, actually getting married next year. And we're going to Scottsdale in May. You already know. So we always play a John Wall song. And John Wall's been great for them so far. He had a bad game today, but he only played, like, 16 minutes. But I am excited. I'm just, honestly, I'm, ex- I'm just excited for John Wall. For this whole fucking season, I don't give and I don't give a fuck about any other team at this point. I'm just more of a players like person now. I'm excited for John Wall. Um, he's been doing well at the Clippers, and watching his highlights, he's still deadly. Like he is still deadly with the ball in his hands. He still has the acceleration and the playmaking, and his core vision is still there. But to finally touch base on the Clippers, I'm not worried. I'm not. I'm just more, I would say I'm more concerned about Kawhi's health and what he's going to do. But knowing of a roster like that, they'll figure some shit out. If not, they're probably going to, maybe they're gathering all those guys to puzzle a big trade. Who knows, right? So that's my final, uh, that's my final thing about the Clippers as well. So yeah, I ain't worried too much. Yeah, and then the rest of the uh, California and single Texas team in the bottom uh, so we got the Warriors defending champs at 12, 3, and 5. Yeah, they have bottom 10 defense right now. It's not clicking. Uh, but yeah, they'll figure it out. And they'll be fine um, at some point. Uh, although Clay is a little concerning right now of his play. Uh, obviously getting his first ejection against the Suns. Going at it with Booker. Uh, but on them, we got the Kings. Uh, Fox has been playing well this year. First kind of full year with him and Sabonis. See how that goes. But they're 2-5. and five, Like... It's not looking so strong as this conference is so deep already. It's not looking too bright for them. But the Lakers obviously winning two in a row after going 0-5 to start the year. 
Uh, we kind of t- touched on at the beginning. Not looking the greatest uh, is an understatement, but their defense is number two in defense rating this year. You know, so that is, I guess, a positive. And yeah, they yeah, like Vizi said earlier, they can't hit three point shots uh, at all. No one on that team uh, can except for like Matt Ryan. Like I saw these Matt Ryan tweets and. Like, the last time people were just tweeting Matt Ryan is the football year this year. So, it's like, that's the only other time I've ever seen a Matt Ryan, which is pretty funny. But, uh, and then obviously 15, you got the Rockets, 1-8. and eight. Uh, I do like the nucleus they kind of have, although it might be seeming like Porter Jr. and Jalen Green aren't going to work out. Free Eric Gordon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, for sure. No, that's facts. But, uh, yeah, Jalen Green... I guess similar to the Sexton and Garland situation, but I do think that both Porter and... And it's funny that Porter was on Cleveland before, but uh, yeah, Porter's, Porter and Jalen Green, I think, over Sexton for sure. Um, just the athletic ability alone. Uh, not to say Sexton's not athletic. Uh, obviously, since the injuries, he's trying to recover. But um, yeah, uh, Ishii, what are your thoughts on, obviously, the Warriors... Kind of having a rough start with their defense, and then uh, the Lakers, you know, two and five, uh, and then also the Rockets, who are at the bottom of the league uh, so far this year. Yeah, I think that the Warriors will be able to definitely pick it back up as the season progresses. Um, it's definitely been a rocky start for them, you know, with Clay, um, but but Curry's been keeping on. A uh, Jordan Poole, I have him on fantasy, and with that contract that he's got, I'm hoping he could, you know, definitely keep up what he's doing and, you know, get more buckets for the team and help them out. Uh, Wiggins, like, a very great, solid player for them. Um, Draymond Green, uh, perfect for, perfect defensively, and um, he's a great playmaker with the ball, so he definitely helps them. Kevon Looney, I'm going to point out Kevon, Kevon Looney, definitely a, a great a great addition to the team. So I think that the, the Warriors will definitely be able to pick it up, and I think they're going to be one of, the, one of the four teams that contend deep in the playoffs and potentially could win another championship. I, I, I'm i sold on the Warriors. As far as Houston, kind of expected. And, you know, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, you know, they are probably not going to work. But I remember um, when Kevin Porter Jr. was on Cleveland, I, I was uh, excited to have him on the team because he was showing flashes of, of being a good player. But, um, I believe he. I believe they. I believe the Cavs traded him because he was like throwing food in the locker room or something, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why he got traded off of the Cavs. Yeah, I, I thought I knew he did something bad, but I was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I remember the article saying he was throwing food in the locker room. So, yeah. Uh, so I don't really, you know, I don't really, I don't know, I don't really know what to expect with him. But Jalen Green, man, he's looking much better. And Jabari Smith Jr., I want to see some more amazing things from him. He's not my favorite rookie coming out of his respective draft class, but his shooting ability, he has the NBA body. I see why a lot of people had him going number one to Orlando over Bancaro. And, you know, Chet was always going to go to OKC, but I'm hoping to see some more um things from just Jabari Smith Jr. I don't know if I got him on my fantasy. Let me check. But I, I probably do. But, yeah. And, oh, yeah, the Lakers. Um, Yeah, very interesting uh, with the Lakers, man. It's just... It's clear that it's clear that LeBron is like he's not meant to be the number one scorer. That's like AD's job, and LeBron is like the LeBron is like Batman in the animated series, and and AD AD is like Batman Beyond. But mm. I don't know. 
I, I really feel like they should have made that trade with Miles Turner and Buddy Hill because it would have definitely helped them on the offensive side. But ever since Westbrook started to come off the bench, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far in the games. And even though he's coming off the bench, he's still playing starter minutes and he's performing well with that second unit. So now it's like, you know, I think they said they're going to wait until like Thanksgiving to see what they're going to do with the team. Darvin Ham, man, I got to give Darvin Ham his flowers because it hasn't been an easy, it hasn't been an easy ride at all. He's definitely... He's been keeping on, so I got to give Darvin Ham his props. AD, man, we need him to stay healthy in order for the Lakers to contend because I want to see LeBron do well, but I don't know, man. Patrick Beverly, <laughs> why is he starting? Why is he starting the same game? That's literally it. I, I, I'm confused. Like, I really want to see how Miles Turner and, and, and Buddy Hill were front on the Lakers team, but I think, like, similar to what uh, Skip and Shannon said, like, they wouldn't really, like, understand what it's like to play in a big market like LA. So mm. the pressure that Westbrook has been going through on the team so far is like crazy. And he's been he's been hanging on. He hasn't he hasn't given up and I respect that about Westbrook. And like even now more with him coming up to second unit. So I really feel like uh Miles Turner and Buddy Hill would be a great addition. But I mean if Westbrook is going to be efficient coming off the bench and and still play starter minutes and help the team, I think I think you keep him and you and you build on that. But they just really need AD to be healthy because LeBron, LeBron is LeBron, but you know LeBron is up there in age and AD man, he's like I don't know man, this is not how I like I don't like the I don't I don't like the way his career is going at this point man. Like a few years ago when he was on the Pelicans, arguably the best power forward in the league, I didn't think anybody could really guard him, but probably maybe Giannis and Draymond, maybe Draymond at times I don't know, but now ever since he got to the Lakers, it's injury after injury. He's his back is if it's not his back, it's his legs man. He's just like unhealthy so i don't know man but uh hopefully the hopefully ad could get it together and like i like what i'm seeing from lonnie walker like it's crazy that the spurs let him go i like what i'm seeing from him reeves is just like the poor man's alex caruso <laughs> like i don't know like he's like i don't know i like what i see from him though but beverly i'm not really sold on beverly don't really care for for beverly or anything like that but Man, like Westbrook coming off the bench has been good, and I'm hoping we can see more from um Toscano, Damian Jones. I'm hoping I can see more from him as well because I don't know. I don't think the Lakers are doing anything crazy. I think they'll have an okay season at best once things get together if they ever do. But that's pretty much my take on those teams. Oh wait, and uh, also Thomas Bryant, like when he comes back, I know he's going to be a force. I know he has a thumb injury right now, but I'm hoping he could come back and 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 be a a great addition for them and. I don't know. Maybe Kendrick Nunn can step up. Like, but I don't know. Probably <laughs> not. Probably not, man. But fuck, man. AD's health and and, and I don't know. Shooter, shooter. Yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shooter. I keep forgetting motherfuckers on that. Yeah, team. me too. <laughs> I I thought he. Was, yeah, he is on the team. He has a thumb injury, I think, as well. But yeah, man, I love what I'm seeing from Lonnie Walker. AD needs to. I don't know, man. It's not looking good. Yeah, hundred percent. Me as well. Definitely LeBron fan. I mean, but yeah, and like obviously. This is not the nucleus that's going to win the championship. Obviously, they have to, they have to make a few trades. Maybe the Buddy Heald uh, Turner is the right move, although I don't push them. You know, who, poor Turner, who man. Who knows? Yeah, poor Turner for sure. Uh, but yeah, like Turner would definitely, like, just the three point shooting ability alone definitely boosts his team and his uh, shot blocking. Yeah, it's already a, it's a number, number two defense. Adding Miles Turner, that's pretty dangerous. You know, I could definitely, yeah, if AD stays healthy. And this this was the first game he didn't have any, seemed to have any problems. 
But every other game, it's like every time he goes up, he's like grabbing his back. I'm like, as a fantasy owner, I'm just like shaking like every time. Like one game, he like he hurt his back and then ended the game with 40 points fantasy, and then and then he was out the next game. And I was just like, this is the end. And then he somehow has been healthy last. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But that ends our kind of talk on just. The Eastern Conference, Western to- Conference, we're going to give our top 10 teams now. I'm going to go first. Uh, so my top 10 teams so far this year and kind of a little you know, projection you know, for the rest of the season. Uh, I got Bucks number one. Uh, yeah, two years ago when they won, they were my pick for the, uh, the championship. Uh, last year, they, they were as well. I do think if Middleton was healthy, I do think they would have given the Warriors a better run for their money than the Celtics. And uh, after Bucks, I got the Celtics. Uh, obviously, need to improve on this year, but once Robert Williams comes back, you know this is a top top three team for sure. I got the Warriors after that. The defensive issues is a little alarming, uh, but I do think they'll be able to figure that out. Steve Kerr is a good you know adjustments coach. Uh, I think you know they'll get together. I got the Suns at number four, uh, Grizzlies at five, Nuggets six. Uh, Cavs at 7, Pelicans at 8, and then I got the Mavs at 9, who I, I want to have a little bit higher. But as of right now, uh, they just got to figure it out because uh, the other teams ahead of them, you know, I just, in a 7-game series, I just trust the Nuggets a little bit more as of right now because I think Murray's going to return. But I just, Luke hasn't stepped into that. Like, he has, like, yeah, he's doing well in, like, fantasy points and stuff like that. But taking over games in terms of this, like they've lost, like you know, a lot of a lot of these games, he wasn't able to take over. Um, and then I got the Hawks at ten. Uh, they do have some defensive issues as well. Uh, but issue, who are your top ten teams uh, for the Savant Power Rankings? Yeah, my number one spot, I put the Celtics. I think Tatum having a great year is going to help them. Robert Williams, once he comes back, it's going to definitely be uh, great for the offense. Number two, I put the Warriors. I really hope that they can pick everything up with. Uh, with uh, Clay and Jordan Poole, because they shouldn't be losing games. These guys are supposed to be scoring a bunch of games, scoring a, like high scoring games. Talk about like the hundred twenties and stuff. Uh, next, I got the I got the Bucks at number three. I should have put them at number two. I'm not gonna lie, to be honest with you, with how everything's looking now, I definitely should have put them at number two. But I was a little biased. Giannis an amazing year. Once Middleton comes back, that could be great for the Bucks, and they've been having a pretty decent season. And I, I like the way the team looks defensively. Giannis, man, if he could develop like a better shot, better jump shot. And I, I really do feel like it's coming soon. Maybe not soon, but I feel like he's going to keep getting better and working on it. Like that team is looking pretty scary if he learns how to shoot. He'll literally uh, be unstoppable. After the Bucks, I got the Suns at number four. I think that the Suns uh, uh, are pretty decent right now. Uh, Chris Paul, I don't trust him that much, man. He'd be, he be like fucking up. Uh, Devin Booker. Um, them book amazing. I, I just was watching highlights from previous game. He kind of went off a little bit. Scoring ability is crazy. Uh, next, I got the Grizzlies at number five. I think John Morant's leading the pack. Desmond Bain, like pretty much just to piggyback on anything, I, everything I said about him, great addition to the team and a perfect guy to pair up with Jaron Jackson and John Morant. Hopefully, Jaron comes back strong. Next, I got my Cavs having an amazing season. Garland literally had an eye injury and came and dropped like 20, I think 29 points or something like that. And 12 assists. 12 assists, like crazy with a fucked up eye. Like he could have had an eye patch on and still did that. It was amazing. Cavs fan, of course. So 
I had to throw them in there. Then next, I got the Pelicans. Zion looks insane. He lost slight weight. Dude is looking muscular as hell. And it's like, I didn't think he would be able to do it. Because, like, literally a few months ago before that, the dude was looking a little chunky. But he got in the gym, started working out, going crazy. He got that 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 diet. Probably has a personal chef with him at all times. Looking great. They, they be trying to injure him, though. Like, I seen him. That, that one play where he, like, fell. I think he fell on his back or something. I was a little scared, but thank God, like, you know, Zion, he's like, he's they bruising him up a little bit, but I think that he'll definitely be able to keep on. He's looking amazing this season. Brandon Ingram, I have him on fantasy. I can't wait to, eat. when he comes back, put up numbers. Like, I remember I had this one dude saying that Ben Simmons was better than Brandon Ingram when I was oh like, oh my God. To, yeah, like, bro, like, shut up. Like, he didn't know what he was talking about. He was like, oh, Ben Simmons is the next LeBron James. Ben Simmons is nowhere near the level of a LeBron James, but like that just goes to show that I know what the, you know what I know what I'm talking about. Brandon Ingram is that dude. And he's gonna get a lot of points for me this year on fantasy. Uh next I got the the Nuggets. I think Jokic I have him on fantasy as well. Amazing year. Like same two time MVP. That's crazy. Jamal Murray is back. Michael Porter Jr. Hopefully he can finally be back and get ready to like start stepping into that like that star role, that all star role I know that he can step up into because I've been like basically watching him since he was in high school. And he was one of my favorite players. So maybe he could get buckets for them when he comes like now that he's back. Hopefully he could get into the group of things and win games for them. Next, I got the Mavs. Luca, my favorite player in the league. Him and Christian Wood look good on the team. I'm hoping that Luca could definitely, like Stike said, take over these games and, and, and be that guy because half the time in the games that he's playing, he's the best player on the floor. So he needs to just, you know. You know, really, you know, he's been dominating, but I, I'm hoping that he can really take over these games because these are games that he could definitely take over. He's better than half the players on the teams that he's playing so far with the schedule we got. And last, I got the Hawks, DeJounte and and, and, and Trey just, they look kind of crazy together that last game. Looks pretty good. And it's interesting to see those two together because you would think that Trey wouldn't be able to, to play with DeJounte well. And I had somebody on my social media saying that they wouldn't work, but all DeJounte has done is just like help the offense and, and and put more of a um put more eyes on him so Trey could dominate. And and I'm happy to see um what they do with that. They got Collins, a Kongu. I want to see some great things for him. Mm-hmm. So so I'm looking forward to seeing where this team could go. Because Atlanta Hawks pretty, pretty good team. And Trey, Trey and DeJounte together, like those two are just like lethal, bro. Like like half the time when they play in these teams, like the like the defenders, they can't guard them and it's just been crazy. And I'm definitely going to start watching more Atlanta Hawks games to see how this team looks so I could get a better look at it. But, like, so far, DeJounte and Trey, I knew it would work. I had a feeling that it would work. And it's crazy because I thought about, like, ever since they even, like, acquired DeJounte, I thought back to the time when you guys came to New York and we and we talked about it before the trade happened. And I started to see what you guys were talking about. And, like, that team looks pretty good. If they can keep it up, if Okonkwo could develop well, I just want to take a quick look at the Hawks real quick. They got they got Justin Holiday too, man. As they're like six man. Yeah, they have Justin Holiday. DeAndre Hunter is looking pretty pretty good. They have some decent players, Jalen Johnson as well. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the team. I feel like they're not there yet to where they um want to be, but they're in a good spot right now. And all they got to do is keep building on that. Maybe they can make a few trades and get some decent pieces because this is a, a a championship team for the future. And this is going to be one of the teams that starts to surprise us. And I think that they'll start surprising us as early as this uh, season. And, uh, yeah, that's my top 10 list. 
All right, so that concludes our power rankings uh, so far this season. And yeah, like we said, it's only it's only the start of week three or middle of week three, I should say. Uh, but uh, nothing going, you know, too much. But yeah, a lot of these teams will still be here in the coming months, definitely. Uh, but let's move on to a uh, topic we've been teasing the entire episode. So the Ime Adoku episode, and uh, yeah, this episode was running uh, a little long, so we'll end it off with this topic. Yeah, so basically, Ime Adoku, uh, you know, rookie head coach last year for the Boston Celtics, took them, you know, to the NBA Finals. Uh, you know, former player, uh, his last year actually he played with the Spurs, so, um, and uh yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Was he assistant for Pop, Easy? Yeah, he was. He was assistant for Pop and uh, Nash. Ah, uh, fuck. He was another assistant elsewhere. But yeah, you're, he was uh, from Pop. Okay, we're, yeah. So he's from that Pop system. Great coach. Just that turnaround the Celtics had at the you know, last third of the year. They had the best record. And then going to the finals. Uh, but yeah, he was fired, and it was uh, released that uh, he was sleeping with someone in the organization. Yeah, so obviously, uh, yeah, he was getting a lot of you know flack and hate. You know, weeks, you know, the weeks after, uh, the days, you know, weeks, you know, whatever you want to call it. As also his, you know, wife, his Nia Long, and uh, so yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of people had something to say about that. But uh, my main thing on the whole issue is, one, it should never have been made public that he slept with someone in the organization because after they released that, and I don't know if it was, like, really leaked from, you know, someone within the team, potentially. You know, like an intern or some some shit like that. But, you know, basically, Twitter was just posting, you know, photos of women in the Boston organization like just any any of them where he was they were just posting them uh which is classic twitter but uh and then yeah brad stevens and like the press conference afterwards you know he spoke on how it was he just he, he was so unfortunate that twitter did this i'm like then don't release that this is the reason why you fired imei doku or suspended him which they you know they did suspend him technically uh for the year although like i don't think it was ever gonna go like he was gonna come back but I just feel like they did not need to release, you know, that is the reason why they let him go. Just because this is not, and yes, this is the first time something like this has been public. Obviously, there was, uh, I can't remember what team, but the GM or assistant GM was like doing the same thing as taking a leave of absence. Oh my God. Uh, and then obviously with the um, Washington Commanders, uh, they're, they're under investigation. And, you know, for, for years for, you know, sexual harassment within the workplace. And I think the owner is about to sell the team. It's looking like, because they're, lo- you know, looking at a bank to help them sell the team. Yeah, Bank of America. Right. Which is also some shady shit. But uh, we don't, <laughs> we're not get into the commanders right now. That's the NFL topic. But nonetheless, like, those are just some recent examples. But you're trying to tell me that these organizations, there hasn't been someone sleeping with someone in the organization like we're, we're just talking like on a micro level in the jobs that we've had you know that's something that yes i've had jobs where that's you know also banned and maybe this was a banned rule but you don't have to release this is the reason for it because it just felt like and not to bring race into this 
But, you know, Boston has gotten a lot of heat over the years for the mm-hmm. way the fans treat, you know, African-American players who come there. And, you know, I'm not saying this is what I've seen. This is what I've heard. This is like dozens and dozens of players have talked about, you know, different situations. And uh, it just was, it just seemed foul of the organization to release that because he just got, you know, so much hate. Because he made a mistake that so many people make. Like, people were making it, like, seem like this is the most drastic thing any coach has ever done ever. That's just because it was public. You think that it was like the first time, even at any organization level, college, like, mm-hmm. you know, school level, so these things like these happen, whether it's like a coach sleeping with, uh, you know, a player's parent or something like that, and, and someone in Philly like that. So I just think it was wrong. And then all the people speculating and releasing, leaking what they think, because we're not even going to talk about that, who he did sleep with, because it, like, when I found out, but there's like, I've heard like three different stories when I found yeah. out. It's like sus, so like it makes it more sus. But like these people are just speculating on this shit. I've seen like four or five different podcasts like try to speculate on it. And I'm just like, yo, just leave it alone. I am shocked though that the Brooklyn Nets signed him. And <laughs> I think issue you said like you hope like he brings leadership. And that just that made me laugh because you know, oh, he's not man. he's not the best, you know, the best stars for uh you know, as a leader right now. But I do think he made a mistake that so many millions have made, uh, millions in the course of humanity uh, have made, and uh, to just crucify him for it. And I do think that the race element is, is a factor that cannot go unnoticed because the fact that this hasn't, like, th- this thing that happened has happened before within an organization. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't public. It wasn't made public. And to think that it wasn't is like saying, oh, no men cheat. No men cheat. No men, you know, do... That, that's literally what you're saying. Because all we're talking, not just talking NBA, I'm talking all sports and organizations, because it all has to be treated the same. You know, like, because the coach relationship with, you know, members of the team and staff of the team, it's all the same. You know, you know, take basketball out of it. But, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on it. Um, but, yeah, VZ, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, you know, when it broke, and then kind of the aftermath now with him being hired by the... Damn, I, like, that shit was crazy, because, like, I, like, I was I was on IG, you know, listening to, uh, listen to the... What, what albums I was listening? I think I was listening to... Um, honestly, never mind. I don't know. I've been listening to that shit since we got back from New York, you heard? I saw sideline sources. Amy Udoka has been suspended for... Un- unspecific reasons per Shams or Woj because these motherfuckers like Shams and Woj these guys were going toe to toe like who can get this shit out and I'm like what the fuck is going on like as me as a huge Celtics guy I'm like you motherfuckers tripping like what is going on this motherfucker a rookie coach led his team to the finals and this shit happened so then you know Hood Twitter came out so I was look- scrolling through Hood Twitter and it was like, yeah, you mean Adoka, Smash, what's and so? And then I'm hearing this, and then I'm seeing, like, a picture of this woman, and then people were posting, like, lists of the Celtics employees, and I'm like, hold the fuck up. Like, this can't be real. And then Shams broke the news. I think it was the next day, and then Matt Barnes got into it on IG, and then he deleted his shit and clarified it. It was just a fucking gong show like like my social media was like blown up on ig and 
when I heard about the reason, I was just shocked. I'm like, first of all, who the hell do you think you are cheating on Nia Long, man? Like, goddamn. Like, I had a crush on her since fucking, um, since I saw Friday. And I was like, 20 years ago, I watched that movie the first time. It's a 27-year-old movie. Um, they'll ask me where my parents was when I was seven years old. But yeah, no, I was like, God damn, like, you cheat on that shit, E-May? Like, what the fuck? So, first of all, that shit should not have gotten leaked. Like, you said, no, what? It happens in all the sports. Stephen A. Smith said it himself, bruh. It happens. He knows, like, a bunch of shit. I don't take Stephen A. serious. I think he's just fucking straight TV. But he's been in the industry for long enough to have his, to have his, like, you know, connects and inside info, you heard? So... When he said that, I was like, exactly. How the fuck did this get publicized? I I was so sad. Like, I was not even joking. For that whole week, I was actually so fucking sad. Malika Andrews needs to chill. Like, I'm sorry. I know. You know, the way she, like, talked to Kendrick. Oh, my God. And the way, like, and Stephen A is like, you don't talk to me like this on my show. Like, yo, like, for real. (laughs) But she was, she was literally like, she wasn't, and here's another thing, and I know we're not getting like too detailed, but it was like a consensual relationship. Yeah, it was. People are, and yes, he has power, and I guess in the position, like, if you're not going to say what really happened, because they're all like, oh, if you knew the details, it would be, then say that's it. A map, yeah, that's what Matt Barnes said. Yeah. Don't, don't keep like, you know, pushing your arm, because like, the stuff that was leaked was it was consensual. Yeah. And that... He got fired, and it was a rule in the organization. That was what came out. Then deal with it like through that. Don't like, don't twist it. Like they're trying to make Ima Duke, like Malika Andrews in particular was trying to make him into like Satan. Yeah, like, like like literally he committed. Like I don't know, it was like he committed some domestic violence. I'm not even beyond. I'm beyond the way they were covering it and the way they were attacking him. And I thought it was kind of foul on a mistake that's been made by not just coaches in the past by. Millions of human beings on both yeah. sexes. So I think that was that was unacceptable. Like, uh, speaking of fucking uh, NBA reporters, this girl named Mallory Edens, um, which I'll get in a second here, she says some shit. So I'm going to get to that in a second once we talk about how he transitioned after. So when I heard Malika said that, I was like, Laura, sorry, my dog got caught slipping. That's literally it. The homie got caught slipping with his side piece. And I heard his side piece was so-and-so for blah, blah, blah. I ain't going to try to get in details because I, I don't want those fucking Brad Stevens coming up on my ass and the feds knocking on my door for revealing some whatever shit, you heard? So what I'm saying is the fact, like, you, your man got caught slipping and some motherfucker leaked that shit out and they're trying to paint him as the bad guy. And Boston, I ain't going to lie to you, I'm a Celtics guy, but them fans out there are racist and they will do anything to paint a guy like Ime as the down guy. You heard? They're like, I tweeted something like, why y'all? Why is everybody making a fucking big deal out of this? This happens in organizations, and it goes underneath the door like that. Because, then he like, first of all, there's no sexual harassment. He didn't fucking commit any crimes to this chick. There was, like, that's literally it. Apparently, there was some shit... Like, of that girl's husband and, like, putting in P, uh, P.I.s involved in that shit. I don't know if that shit is true. But, like, this shit got so deep and so, like, like he's not even, like, a fucking celebrity. 
he like Neil Long is an icon, but like I think she's a beautiful icon, and she's never been on the news like that till this fucking scandal got happened. So I was like, like think about it. The NBA did not discipline him. It's the fucking Celtics. And I remember the press conference the next day. Like I saw on Bleacher Report, uh, Brad Stevens and whatever the fuck the other dude's name is preparing for a press conference. And I'm looking at Brad Stevens and the other dude. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I was so pissed off that week. Like I told motherfuckers, don't talk to me. You don't fucking talk to me. Fucking, I'm getting the fuck out of this shit. And then they're suspending it for one year. When I heard about that, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this motherfucker led your team to the finals, and you're suspending him for the whole season. And then Matt Barnes coming out saying, like, he's never going to get a job in the NBA again. It's that bad. The details will come out leaking soon. Because I watched a Vlad interview of him as well. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Over some guy that got caught slipping of his side piece. And the next thing you know, the Nets, because the, he was assist, so he was assistant coach for uh, Philly, the Nets, obviously at the Spurs, and then he got the job to Celtics. The Nets, they hired Nashville for him, and then now they ran back to him with the Nets. Like, do the Nets really need this shit right now? Like, I, I, he's a great coach. Maybe he can be that guy to fucking school like Katie and Kyrie on some shit. Like, you know what I mean? Because you already, I'm not saying Tatum and Brown or like Kyrie and KD in terms of accolades and you know what I mean. But he, email already has his taste of two all stars and one superstar in Tatum already in his belt. So this is chick named Mallory Edens. I don't fucking know. She's on Twitter. Embiid follows her. So she's like, this is widely disappointing at Brooklyn Nets when you're going to start taking the task of creating safe and healthy work environments for women in a professional sports organization. Motherfucker. Like, this, this chick gave consent. It, like, there's no fucking rape. There's no crime. There's nothing. As far as we know, I'm basing off info that's out there. You heard? I'm just, what, like, I'm going to end it right there with this. The Nets, right now, it's all eyes on them. They're not filling up the fucking arena. Like, you watch the Nets game, there's fucking ton of empty seats. And with a market like that, that's unacceptable. That's number one. Number two is that, do you really need a guy? Like, how fucked up is your organization that you dealt with the shit that Kyrie's doing, or did, and then... You got KD that's being a fucking diva and a capping ass motherfucker that doesn't fucking shower probably or ashy as fuck too. And then you got Ime Doka who's going under the scandal. Again, Ime's the dog. I'm glad he's having another opportunity, but can you not just wait for this to cool down? Like, this is still fresh on people's minds. And I am anxious to see the a game against when he's coaching because they said in the next 28 to 48 hours, it's going to be official. So this happened today. So probably tomorrow we're going to hear something about him officially being the coach. Because according to Wikipedia, he's still a Celtics coach. Oh, man. This is going to be a, it's like a nightmare I'm watching right now in my own eyes. Because I've been vouching for Ime for years to get a coaching. You can go back to my old tweets, my YG stories. I vouched for him to get a head coaching job since after the Spurs won their championship in 2014. But yeah, I'm going to end it at that before I end up fucking throwing my phone away. 
because I don't know what the fucking Nets are doing. And honestly, it, I'm it's it's gonna be all eyes on them. It's literally gonna be TMZ. TMZ is gonna get as much as footage as they can. Um, just like the the pool and Draymond, they're gonna somebody's gonna get those get them cameras on the locker rooms for sure. All right, and then before we end off the episode issue, what are your thoughts on this whole Ime Doku fallout? All I gotta say is they put him in the room full of bad bitches and he folded. You know, there's that tick. You know, there's a t- you know that TikTok. <laughs> there's a TikTok. It's like it's like Ime Doka first time the practice facility. Oh yeah. Uh, in, the, in the practice facility, and then the back was like ah ah ah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for him to fucking return back to the garden. That's all I'm waiting for. Yeah, I'll be fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, let's end this episode off. Thank you guys so much for listening once again. Thank you, VZ, for coming on once again. Uh, it was good to talk NBA uh, with uh, me on issue again post-New York trip. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we'll be definitely doing this uh, before the end of the year again. Um, and yeah, issue, any last thoughts from you before we end this off? Yeah, stay tuned. More episodes coming in soon. Uh, We're going to get back into the flow of things. Everything's going to work itself out, people. Thank you for supporting us. Awesome. Thank you, guys. See, I ain't got no fears. The love is dead till it's not, and then it disappears. My life is fading, no way watching as I count the years. But I keep on balling on niggas like Cleveland Cavaliers. Kick it, moving, no urgency. I ain't got no fears. The love is dead till it's not, and then it disappears. My life is fading, no way watching as I count the years. But I keep on balling on niggas like Cleveland Cavaliers. What they want from me, it's like I'll never know. I keep trying to isolate, and they stay fucking up the flow. They see me glowing, they see the potential. You they think I'm blowing I'm tied to my dreams Just like a bitch Just got her sewing Yeah Giving forgiveness to those Who did me dirty But If they keep on coming back Then I'ma have to see what's up Show my love to the people Who think about hurting me Didn't question my motives My nigga was with the third degree Look I think I learned these days Niggas are enemies And still they wanna eat off my plate Like are you shitting me So many times I felt But God help me get through adversity I got a lot of demons They never show common courtesy Yet yeah. I just moving no Urgency, I ain't got no fears. The love is dead till it's not, and then it disappears. My life is fading away, watching as I count the years. But I keep on balling on niggas like Cleveland Cavaliers. I just moving, no urgency, I ain't got no fears. The love is dead till it's not, and then it disappears. My life is fading away, watching as I count the years. But I keep on balling on niggas like Cleveland Cavaliers. Bull Jared Allen, balling like Mobley, still they keep front like I'm not the Yomi. Gave y'all my heart, and still niggas broke me. Now I'm learning this new shit is remotely. Remotely, they won't kill me like the only. How could you downplay me when I tell you I'm really the shit? I'm really the shit. Hey, shooters gonna shoot, man. You can tell by the flick of the wrist. The of the Miss wrist. every shot that you don't take when you stay giving haters assists. Assist. Yeah, they wish I was long gone, as if I could never exist. Never exist. But I worked on my follow through. When I'm shooting, I'm hitting the switch. switch. Now we out on this bitch. I'm still getting hurt like a fish. Said we out on this bitch, and I'm still getting hurt like a fish. 
We out in this bitch, I'm still getting hurt like a fish I just move with no urgency, I ain't got no fears The love is there till it's not, and then it disappears My life is fading away, watching as I count the years But I keep on balling on niggas like Cleveland Cavaliers I just move with no urgency, I ain't got no fears The love is there till it's not, and then it disappears My life is fading away, watching as I count the years But I keep on balling on niggas like Cleveland Cavaliers Unless, niggas be making me just lose my trust I keep on giving you my heart and that shit turns to rust That shit is old, that shit is really dated I'm tired of giving people these bars when they be hating Look, I can spit the shit if you coming for me crazy Look, I'ma come back at you and you ain't going like how that look I'ma have you niggas shook I take my rhymes from the book You take your rhymes from my book I'm writing this shit so look I just move with no urgency, I ain't got no fears The love is there till it's not and then it disappears My life is fading away watching as I count the years but I keep on balling on niggas like Cleveland Cavaliers I just move with no urgency, I ain't got no fear The love is there till it's not, and then it disappears My life is fading away, watching as I count the years But I keep on balling on niggas like Cleveland Cavaliers Hey Funny thing is, step up to us, you know we bought that action, but look. 